Hello, and welcome to the very first bonus mini episode of the Smashing Pumpcast. I am Frank. With me today is not Pat O'Brien. We decided that since we're releasing the full episodes bi-weekly, we didn't want to keep you hanging for too long. So what we're going to do or try to do in the weeks in between is release these little mini episodes where we're going to talk about the upcoming episode that you're going to hear the next week. Maybe read some uh, fan feedback. Also some other little goodies and treats that will serve up for you to enjoy in the meantime. So one part of the show that we want to do is uh, hear from you, the fans, any kind of feedback that you have for us about the show. If you have any personal stories about the pumpkins or any cool anecdotes that you want to share about your relationship with the pumpkins, or perhaps you met the band or a certain life altering experience you had at a show, feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at the smashing pumpcast that's cast spelled K S T at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on the socials on Twitter at pumpkins podcast. And that's podcast spelled normally. And then you can also reach us on Instagram at Smashing Pumpcast, K-A-S-T. So we actually had a fan reach out to us after the first episode, the episode zero intro episode. His name is Justin F. Reeves, and he contacted us to tell us that he uh, was finally got around to listening to the show. He's 38, father of four, uh, oldest son named Corgan. So there you go. Uh, he lives in Lehigh, Utah. And uh, he just kind of goes on to talk about how he first saw the band in uh, 2000, right before he graduated from high school. But then he decided to share a very interesting story with us. So uh, just something about how he had met Billy before one of the shows. So I'm going to read that message right now. Quick story. So after two years serving as a missionary for my church in Ohio, I returned home just in time for Mary Star of the Sea to be released. I was 21 years old. I had seen Pumpkins on the Machina tour, insanely good show. They announced a show at this venue by the lake that was all general admission. A couple of weeks before the show, they moved it to a theater at the University of Utah. You just had to show up early and exchange your general admission ticket for an assigned seat there. I got there really early and ended up third row center. After everyone exchanged their tickets, they mostly took off to get dinner before the show. About a dozen or less of us remained at the venue chilling on the lawn. Suddenly. A bus drives up and the whole band gets out. They started signing autographs and chatting with us. I got to shake Billy's hand, crazy by today's standard because he hates germs. Then some kid says, will you sign my guitar? Billy kindly says, no, eBay keeps getting on me for that, but I'll play it. The kid hands him his guitar and he played Come With Me for us while we sang along. It remains one of the best concerts I've ever been to like even better than some of the pumpkin shows I've seen. I caught his pick he played the encore with, Mary Star of the Sea. Seriously, the greatest experience ever. And then he sends a couple of pictures along. We'll post those to the social media, more than likely the Instagram account that he sent us. Uh, Those are the kind of stories we'd like to hear. That's so cool. I remember myself, I got to meet Billy very, very, I wouldn't even call it meat. <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. I wouldn't call it meat. Uh, when I saw them on the Machina tour, I waited back uh, by the tour bus and there was this little gate area. This is at the Bronco bowl in Dallas, Texas. And, uh, I would always go back there when I'd see shows there and I'd meet some band members. I'm, I know I met most of garbage that way. One of my other favorite bands, garbage. And, uh, I waited out there and Billy came out and he was signing a couple of things and I got a 
a picture of him. That's all I could get. I didn't get to shake his hand. I didn't really get to say hello, uh, but I did get close enough to take a picture of him signing someone else's stuff. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to try to find that picture and post that to the socials as well. But I, we like hearing those types of stories. And if you'd like to share any kind of cool experience you had at a pumpkin show, or if you had an encounter with one of the pumpkins, we'd love to hear that as well. So again, you can email us at the smashing pumpcast cast at gmail.com or you can just message us on the socials and we'll read maybe well i won't guarantee it okay uh but we might read one of your experiences on these little mini episodes so yeah we look forward to hearing more of those types of stories now is a portion of our mini episode called my mistake So this is a portion of the mini episode where we're going to point out the mistakes that we made, either that you point out, and trust me, some of you have already pointed them out. Wrong, sir. Wrong. Uh, but also the mistakes that we've noticed ahead of time. And I know that uh, for next week's episode, spoiler alert, it's our first Pumpcast field trip in which Frank and I go to see Billy Corgan perform a solo concert in Los Angeles. This was several months ago, um, you know, in the before time. But it's a really fun episode. We dive deep into everything that goes on at that, the good, the bad, and the ugly that takes place at that show. It was a very memorable experience. And we're going to dive deep into it, but that's going to be next week. So right off the bat, um, the one thing we definitely regret about the episode ahead of time, not really regret, but uh, we, we recorded it back in November. We wanted to record it right after we had seen the show. And at that time, Cotillions hadn't quite been in our blood yet. Um, and I know for me too, as we started doing this podcast, I got really into the William Patrick Corgan solo stuff that I didn't really quite give. I didn't give it its due diligence the first time it came out. Uh, it wasn't until this podcast that I really started giving it the attention that it deserves. So we don't go as in depth to the first half of the show where he's playing that solo stuff, because honestly we weren't that familiar and that's unfortunate because both of us, I know over time had come around to it. There's going to be moments like that where we're going to be discovering a lot of the things that we perhaps didn't know about the first time around. I think I, I misspoke in that first episode saying that, we there will be b-sides that we don't know about we know about the b-sides what we meant by that is there will be unreleased material because there's such a wealth of that material and some stuff that we just didn't give the time to because for one reason or another we just weren't in the right headspace for it or we just weren't digging it at the time but i know for me as i said before in that first episode after going through chemotherapy treatment and having to sit in a room alone uh, while i was going through treatment and being able to go back through and listen to those albums, it really put every single one of those albums into a new light, especially the new stuff. And uh, I'm grateful that I was able to revisit that stuff with a new perspective because it really made, a, made me appreciate the stuff that I really dismissed the first time. To bring it back to the, the solo show, 
we're kind of both a little embarrassed at the fact that we weren't as familiar with the solo stuff, but the second half, we do go into a lot of the pumpkin stuff. Oh, also we mispronounce, uh, we did not know that the pronunciation of the song, uh, Zoe was Zoe. We thought it was Zowie. So you can't fault us for that. You know, that's a, that's a clever little turn there. It looks like Zowie. We said Zowie, but it's really Zoe, apparently. So also we mentioned the fact that uh, we, we took Billy to task. Pardon me. We took William Patrick Corgan to task because he did not introduce the other musicians other than Jeff that came out to play with him. And we should have recognized Linda Strawberry, but we did not. So we apologize that we did not properly... Uh, name her or recognize her. And then uh, the violin player that he had playing with him was Mina Yasan. Uh, I apologize if I'm saying that last name wrong. As somebody who always has his last name butchered, I am sorry. Y-S-A-N-N-E. But uh, she was a fantastic, uh, she is a fantastic violin player. And she really contributed a lot to Glass and the Ghost Children. Uh, but you'll you'll hear a little bit of that when we talk about it next week on the episode. That's all the mistakes I can think of for now. Like I said, I'm sure that you will be more than happy to tell us if there are any other mistakes. And we, we actually welcome that because we want to make sure we're as accurate as possible, especially after the fact that uh, we... I completely forgot about SPFC.org. It was one of the things I was religiously following when I was in high school and in college. And I just spaced and I should have known that that was the number one resource for all the facts that we have to get straight about a lot of these releases. So when you listen to uh, a couple of the upcoming episodes, you're going to, there's there's some parts where SPFC could have really helped with that. Anyway, so that will do it for that portion of the show. That was my mistake. So So now for another portion of the show, this one is called Pumpkin Pick of the Week. So my pick is the Zwan Song Riverview. Got the keys, we're gonna walk the midway. This was not a song I was familiar with at all. I did not get to dig into the Zwan stuff as much as I wanted to when I was in college. For some reason, I know I was one of the people who liked the Zwan album at the time, but I didn't love it. I was still kind of holding on to some resentment at the fact that the Pumpkins had broken up. And I, like I said, over the last year, especially with starting this podcast, took a deeper dive into all the live stuff, all the unreleased stuff and what could have been of that band had they recorded more albums and maybe if they didn't have that label pressure for that first album but riverview was one that came up that i instantly fell in love with and uh, if you look on youtube there is a user by the name of daniel e jarrett i believe that's it or else it might be danielle jarrett anyway they uploaded the live at made of studios session that was on 214 2003 and they put it to clips of the movie the 1925 movie wolf blood there there's a marriage of two genres that i already love so you have rare 
pumpkins related tracks and then mix them with found footage not really found footage but when you take clips from pop culture or from movies or anything or tv shows and you set it to the music there are some really great video artists out there pat vamos is one of them uh, who would take footage from older VHSs and set them to music. One of my absolute favorite is uh, if you look on YouTube, look up Smash TV. They have videos like Turbo is a really good one to start with or Skinamax. It's where he does a mix of songs and then sets them to these VHS clips and it works so well. It's so well edited and it's really awesome. So when I found, when I stumbled across this video for Riverview where they set it to this 1925 movie, it really matches up and it's really awesome. So about this song, why does it uh, resonate to me? It's just so cool and dark. The bass line is really fantastic. And it's just such a nice, hypnotic, cool, creepy song. And uh, it really got under my skin and it really it got under my skin in a good way. And it's one that I've been really enjoying all week and I can't get enough of it. And I really hope that it comes out in some form or fashion once we get to the Zwan box set stuff. If that happens, I hope it does, Billy. I really do like Zwan. I really came around to it. So please let that happen. So that is my pumpkin pick of the week. Pat, what is your pick? Hello, pumpkin heads out there in pumpkin land, town, city, wherever you may be. This is Pat O'Brien. I'm coming to you with my quick pick, pumpkin pick of the week. And my pick this week is a little ditty you may know as Blist and Gone. Now, this is a sad one, not gonna dance around it. Um, you may know this as 17, the, the last track off of Adore, of course, just a short little, I believe 17 second instrumental. It had been a long time since I'd actually l- listened to Blist and Gone. Um, I used to listen to it on the Judas O CD of the Rotten Apples greatest hits which i have been kicking myself for years for loaning to a friend's uncle ladies and gentlemen can you believe it so i made the the bold move today of getting on amazon and purchasing my first compact disc in a long time years it's been a while um i rebought it on amazon guys so you know f me you know what i'm saying the band keeps giving and i frankly keep giving to the band i bought gish finally on vinyl yesterday too so anyway that's my purchasing update but i chose this song because it's it's always kind of i I mean it's a pretty pretty song i think the lyrics are really beautiful and kind of straightforward i had no voice i had no drive i had no choice i've done my time i had myself i had my band i had my love had no hand and watching it all fall apart Um, A lot of stuff had been falling apart, obviously, at that time. And, you know, like I said, this song has stayed with me um, sort of sonically, but it's been a really long time since I'd revisited it 
lyrically. So I was sort of poking around all the tracks on the Judas O compilation, which I, of course, sunk 16 bucks into rebuying again. FML. And, you know, you can also get it on the Deluxe Adore box set. The song was recorded in February of 97 at Chicago Recording Company. And then... I believe mixed November 97 through March 98 at Sunset Sound Studios. And according to the good people over, or one good person over at Genius.com, the song has a long and somewhat complicated history. It's, of course, uh, falls into the Adore era, nearly ended up being the final track off that album, which, you know, it kind of is in the form of the 17 second uh, instrumental version of it called 17. Apparently, Billy pulled it from the track list after an encounter with producer Rick Rubin, who, after listening to it, simply remarked to Corgan, whoa, did sort of a Joey Lawrence on him. Whether Rubin meant that in a positive or negative way, we don't know. Corgan took it to be the latter. He took it off the album. Uh, he declared this song, Billy, to be in honor of his mother, who passed away while he was on tour in support of Melancholy. It was, the, it was first recorded in February 97 during a studio session that also included tracks such as Annie Dog and For Martha. And besides being included on the rare Judas O album, which is coming to me in CD form, gang, I hope, um, or else I got to track down this uncle who I haven't seen in years, friend's uncle. It's also featured on the 2014 reissue of Adore three times, gang, none of which are the same as the Judas O version. So maybe I'm not such a dummy for rebuying a CD I bought 20 years ago. Each feature gives a completely different musical take on the song and is, to say the least, this is not according to me, interesting to listen to. I probably agree, but uh, yeah, that's according to Conrad Axe on Genius.com. Anyway, that's my pumpkin pick of the week. I hope everybody's good. I hope everybody's staying safe, socially distant. It's a great time to dig into some deeper cuts, which is what I did and I'm going to continue to do. And we have a really cool episode next week. And until then, emptiness is loneliness and I am out of here. So some other stuff to talk about. I saw that Billy is doing more Instagram Q and A's and those are always fun to read and kind of depending on his mood, you never know what you're going to get. Uh, some of it's pretty entertaining though. And some of it's very informative. Uh, I clammed up. I, I, you know, I don't know. I never know what to ask him. I always wonder like, Oh, what would I say to him if I ever had a conversation? And I know I texted Pat and being like, he's answering questions. And we, we couldn't think of a question to ask. So I just thanked him uh, from the podcast account, just thanked him for all the great tunes and how I started the podcast after I went through chemo and decided to start this. And uh, I did not get a response back, but that's okay. I don't need a response back. I just need him to know that uh, he has brought much happiness and he has written such great music that has meant so much to me over the years in different capacities and keeps evolving and growing. Uh, if you actually gave him a question that he answered, we'd love to hear from you. So here is a little preview for next week. So then we get into the, you know, inevitable encore. Yeah. Billy. Night three. He's got it. It's night three. Right. Last of the run. 
leaves the stage. People yep. go berserk. Frank and I are up there. You know we're standing. You we're know standing. we're clapping. We're clapping. And we're not going to sit until Billy come, gets his ass back out there, which we he say, did. We're not going anywhere, Billy. We said, we're not going to take it. No, no, we're not going to take it, Honestly, the whole audience sort of... Uh, they started singing along to it. Yeah, dove into that. And, and he goes, really no, cool. no, no, yeah. no. This is not a Twisted Sister right. concert. This is a Billy Corgan concert. And we said, you know what? You're right. You're right. And then he played. All right, so hopefully you enjoyed that clip and you'll enjoy next week's episode. After that, we're going to go into the pre-Gish releases. Uh, some of them, if you could call them that, uh, we're going to cover the demo cassettes as well as the first singles that were released. And then we're going to get into the uh, full album stuff. We're going to get into Gish and then the LOL EP and so on and so on. We're going to probably skip around when it comes to some of the extra material from those eras we might just go ahead and move forward and and cover the full albums before we start getting into any of the nooks and crannies of the unreleased stuff or any of the stuff that was released on the box set releases we're also trying to secure some special guests to talk with us about some of these albums it's a little difficult right now given the fact that we have to record remotely and then also we have family stuff to take care of during this time and we're just trying to balance it all so we're doing our best to make sure that we get you quality content on a bi-weekly basis. And who knows, maybe a weekly basis now if we can get these mini episodes done on the reg. So that will be it for this bonus mini episode of the Smashing Pumpcast. Again, if you uh, want to give us any feedback or, I don't know, share any pumpkin-related stuff with us, feel free to do that. Again, the email is thesmashingpumpcast at gmail.com, cast spelled K-A-S-T. Or you can contact us on Twitter at Pumpkins Podcast, and podcast is spelled normal there. And then you can contact us on Instagram at Smashing Pumpcast, K-A-S-T. So with that, I bid you farewell and good night. Mm-hmm.